I, uh, I too am excited about the, the Bible study that, that we talked about. It, has, has anybody started? We put this on the, the Facebook. Has anybody started their reading plan yet? Okay, good. If, if you have begun and you read Ecclesiastes and you don't have some questions, then you haven't been listening to what we've been preaching. So Thursday night, we're going to be talking about Ecclesiastes. We're going to be talking about the book of John because I think it's beautiful that we go straight from the book of Ecclesiastes that raises a lot of questions and then right into the book of John that answers a lot of questions. Amen. So come out Thursday night. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to try to keep it to an hour. I said try. I made no promises. <laughs> well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Let me see what time it is. Okay. It's good to be in God's house. It's good to be with you this morning. It is Mother's Day. Um, I honor my mom today. She's, she's here with us. She's uh, on the front row. Most of you know that. She's a front row Christian. I don't know what that even means. <laughs> but she's on the front row, and I honor you, Mother, today. Thank you for, thank you for, as like Christy said, moms, when you have kids, you put them first. They, they become your life, and I really felt like that with my mom. There were many times that I, I specifically remember a moment, my mom, she looked, my mom looked me in the eyes, and she said, I would storm the gates of hell for you, and that's what I'm doing right now. And you better straighten up because you don't have a chance because I will do anything. I'll do whatever it takes. Now, she really only had to storm the gates of hell for me once. My sisters, on the other hand, <laughs> she'd get her card punched every time. <laughs> she was like a frequent, they're like, hey, Sharon. <laughs> Your daughters are in here. Hold on a minute. I'll go find them. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the people who know us are laughing because they know it's true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love my sisters. They're good moms. They're great moms, too. I honor them this morning. But I was thinking back at, at, at my life as growing up, and I wasn't just shaped by my mom. I started thinking about, I, I was shaped by lots of moms, really. I've been shaped by lots of, by lots of people who took the time to invest in me a little bit. Uh, this, this week, when I, was, when I was thinking, I was thinking of... Uh, of a dear saint, uh, this church, Marilyn Tracy, who's gone on to be with the Lord, who lost the battle that she was fighting. She went way too young. But, but she stood at my um, rehearsal dinner with uh, Sally, and she, she told stories about me when I was a kid, and she gave me some encouragement. She said things to me that I still remember to this day. She was, she was an encouragement to me. She, she helped me along. She, she guided me. She steered. I learned from her. I learned that you're faithful even when you're offended and even when you're hurt. I learned that even when things don't go well and even when godly people don't act godly towards you, you still be faithful. I learned that from her. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. I was thinking about my Aunt Monty, most of you probably never met my Aunt Monty, but in the early 90s, we were eating at Pizza Hut, I think it was in Springfield, my Uncle Bill had this Cadillac that was really nice, he always had nice cars, <clears throat> still does, 
But uh, she's gone on to be with the Lord. But I specifically remember, I, uh, you know, late 80s, early 90s, I was, uh, <clears throat> let's just say I like buffets, okay? <laughs> it was a Pizza Hut buffet. And my Aunt Monty had a conversation with me about personal discipline <laughs> and eating healthy. And I still remember the conversation. I still remember her words. I still try to apply some of the things she said to me. I fail sometimes. But I still remember that. It helped shape me. I think of another aunt who, who's gone on to be with the Lord. My Aunt George Ann. She was one of a kind. Uh, she was here with us in service uh, several years ago. Um, she, but that time, the last time I talked to her, she sat at my kitchen table, Sally and I, and she talked to us for about an hour. And she just, oh, about, she talked to us about, about family. She talked to us about the church. And as I look back at that conversation, she was almost like a prophet when she talked about the church and, what, and, and how things were going and how she saw things, gonna, how they were going to go. And, and, you know, she, she was one of a kind, and, and she would sing happy birthday to us horribly. And... <laughs> But her and I shared a birthday, and you'd always get a phone call from her on your birthday, and she would sing, and it was wretched. But, and she was famous like, for being a really bad singer for happy birthday. Like The radio stations in, in her town, would, they'd use her to sing happy birthday to people because it was so bad. But, but I think, I, mean, I was, and I'm really not trying to insult everybody. I'm just, I was just thinking this week about how, yes, I was affected by my mom and by my grandma, but I was affected by other mothers who took the time to invest in me. So moms, you got aunts, or not, you, know, you do have aunts, but you've got nieces and nephews, and their parents need you to come alongside sometimes and build them up and to tell them things and to slap their hands when they're grabbing the eighth plate for the buffet. <laughs> they insist on just one more piece of dessert pizza, that's all. But I've, my life has been shaped by a lot of different moms. Amen. And I already said something about my mom, but my mom 30 years ago, this May, accepted the call to pastor this church. Um, my, grandfather, uh, who, my grandfather who built this church and built the school, the church, he took it over in 73, 2, 3, 1-ish, sometime, early 70s. It was at 18th and Cedar. The building is still there. I love that old building. I wish we could buy it and renovate it and do something cool with it um, <clears throat> because it was our home for a while. And uh, so they bought this. I could tell you it could go on all day. But my grandfather who built this church in the school, he passed away in, in May 9th of uh, 1989, 30 years ago. There was nobody really in the church to take over. And, and Pastor Sharon accepted the call from God. And uh, so... So, Pastor Sharon, we honor you today, and we thank you because River Church, we would not be here if she had said no. If she had said, no, I'm not going to do it, you know, then we wouldn't be here still. This would be a, um, a business of some sort. It'd be, uh, you know, offices, uh, business offices or something else. But she said yes to God, and she's kind of the church mother now, so we honor 
you church mother. Don't pray to her. I'm just... <laughs> but we honor. Amen? Amen. Amen. And my wife doesn't like it when I do this, but I thank God for her, so I won't look at her, so I'll make it better. I thank God for her and for the mother that she is. I've got to see, you know, growing up, you don't really get to appreciate your mom until you're older, right? You don't really appreciate all the, the words of wisdom and the, you know, you don't. But when you get older, then you have kids, and then you're like, ah. But I've got to see firsthand in my wife what a godly mother looks like. Uh, and, and be able to appreciate it. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't appreciate what my parents did for me uh, as much as I should have. But I, I, get, I get to see it firsthand from my wife and appreciate, um, appreciate the mother that she is. You know, moms are wired different, you know. Women are wired different than men. And, and men, that doesn't make them bad. It just makes them different. You know, I, what, is, what does Scripture tell us? He created them in his image. Then he says, male and female created he them. I believe that the image of God is tied up in the male and the female. And then when we come together, if our minds come together, then we have the image of God. When we come together, then we have the image of God. When a husband and wife come together and they, they, they solve problems together and and. and, and and she respects his opinion, he respects her opinion, and they think, well, that's a different way of thinking about it than I think about it, but maybe we should think about it that way and take both of, then you have the image of God. But then when you have, when one makes all the decisions and is the dictator, well, then you don't have the image of God. So men, moms are just wired different, right? They're a little more concerned with safety than dads are sometimes, you know? They want to know, uh, you know, I was like, hey, let's get in the car and, you know, Joe, hop in front. And Sally's like, well, no, he actually doesn't weigh enough to get out of the, the back seat yet. I mean, moms just think about these things. Moms are wired different. They, they, but God made you that way. God made you that way. In Isaiah 66, 13, it says, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. God offers us the comfort of a mother. There are many other mothers in this room that I have uh, poured into my life. I just honored some of the ones that had passed. Uh, my Aunt Marion has been a big influence in my life. Uh, Jane Swales has been a big influence in my life. Uh, growing up, I've known Jane a long time. Um, we're both getting old. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I can't just honor somebody without insulting them. I don't know. I'm sorry. I apologize. I honor you, Jane. I thank you. Thank you for pouring into me. And J Jane is still pouring into me. Sometimes she'll Pull the, Jane handles the finances of the church, and she'll pull, the rain, pull back on the reins and say, whoa, big fella, whoa, young fella. <laughs> but I honor the moms here. And some of you may not have had a great mom. Some of you may not have had um, the kind of mom that I've talked about been poured into like this. Uh, can all, all the moms stand up for me just real quick? I'm sorry. Just for a second. Yeah, you can give them a hand if you want. We're going to honor them later too. But Okay, look around, River Church. These are your moms. Maybe you didn't have a great mom. Maybe you didn't have a protector. Maybe, maybe your mom struggled with some things and she wasn't able to be for you what you needed. Well, then there's a woman in this room that can fill, help fill that role. There are ladies in this room that will help fill that role. Invest in them. Seek them out. And moms, invest. When you see the opportunity to invest, invest. Okay, thank you. You may be seated.
you'll have the opportunity to clap for him later too because we're going to call them all up. Okay, God's good, right? We got through all the formalities. We honored all the moms. Moms, don't give up. Don't ever give up. Remember, love never fails. Scripture, one of the things Scripture tells us that never fails is love. Prophecies fail, tongues fail. Lots of things will fail, but love won't. Keep loving. Keep loving them. No matter what. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 15. Uh, We're going to be starting in verse 21. We're going to be talking about a mom in Scripture. It's always kind of hard to preach on Mother's Day to preach a themed message. And last year I talked about the... um, I talked about all of the, the, there's four mothers mentioned in the line of Christ, four women's names, and I talked about all four of them. Um, this year, I'm just going to talk briefly, and I, I promise it'll probably be, well, I hope that it's brief, um, <clears throat> about this mom in Matthew 15, 21. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed. How many moms in here can be like, oh, my daughter. <laughs> and suffering terribly. Now what we would expect to read is that, and Jesus turned to her and said, Woman, be it unto thee as thou hast. I don't know why I turned into Shakespeare or King James. <laughs> we think Jesus talked that way. He didn't. But, but Jesus doesn't turn to her. Jesus left. Jesus leaves. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me. I thought when, when uh, Christy was given her testimony, she's like, I just say, help me. And I get tired of saying it because I feel bad about saying it. That sometimes is the best prayer. Lord, help me. What did Peter say when he starts sinking on the water? Save me. Lord, save me. Your prayer does not have to be fancy. It does not have to sound good. It doesn't have to sound like a Pharisee's. It doesn't have to sound like... Um, the district superintendents. You you don't have to sound fancy when you pray. This is how you pray. Lord, help me and mean it. Lord, save me. God, I can't do this by myself. God, I need you. That's how you pray. You don't have to, our most gracious Heavenly Father, we behoove you this morning. That's how you pray. That's how you talk to God. Lord, help me. Lord, save me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, change me. Lord, use me. Anyway, she said, and he replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. It's bad enough when Jesus was just ignoring her and walking away. Now it's insult to injury. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, 
Something that he only says to two people in all of the Gospels. You have great faith. Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed at that moment. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the scripture. Lord, I pray that as we look into it in the next few, in the next few moments, God, that we would be changed, that we would be transformed. God, that we would be inspired. Lord, I pray that you would bless every mom in attendance today. Lord, I pray that they would be encouraged today by the word. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here we have a picture of a mother who's desperate. This is a desperate mom. A mom who doesn't give up easily. A mom who doesn't care about what the protocol is. She doesn't care that she shouldn't be there. She knows that Jesus has the answer, and she's not going to quit bugging him until she gets it out of him. She says in her, in her own self, she's like, I will fight church people. They want to send me away. Lord, send her away. Ah, she's annoying. That's what the disciples said. Well, she won't stop crying after us. I'm trying to meditate on your last sermon. She's, she's determined. She won't let church people get in her way. She won't be shaken even when the heavens are silent. And even when it seems the heavens are insulting, she doesn't give up. Sometimes that's how we feel, right? We pray, and then like, I'm not getting an answer, and then things just seem to get worse. And you're like, really, Lord? This is my reward for prayer. <laughs> I mean, that's not a very spiritual thought, but it's probably a thought you've had. And if I'm transparent and honest with you, it's a thought I've had. Lord, I prayed and I asked and I believed. I, I stomped three times when I prayed. I bought the anointing oil. I bought it off TV. It had been prayed over. The shofar had been blown over it. <laughs> and things get worse. What do we do in those situations? What do we do? We don't give up. This woman is a great example that we don't give up. She does not give up. She will not be deterred. She insists on going on. She insists. I don't care what the disciples say. I don't care what the church people say. I don't care what heaven seems to be saying. I'm not giving up till I leave here with my answer. And Jesus said, that's great faith. All right, Jesus doesn't answer her. He just keeps moving. He either just keeps moving or just stands there and stares at her. We don't know 100% for sure. But it says he doesn't say a word. Not a word. Have you ever prayed and heard nothing? I know we already mentioned that, but I have. I've, I've prayed and heard nothing. You know, it seems like there's times in my life that, that it just feels like you're hearing from God. Like you'll go to the Bible and you'll start reading and, and, you know, it's like, oh, man, I feel like God's talking to me. Like right in my situation, right in, right in what I'm doing. Or somebody will come up to you and be like, man, I feel like the Lord's telling me to tell you something. And they tell you something and it's like, 
man, that's exactly what I needed to hear. That's the direction. That's the, the guidance that I needed just then. But there are some times where it feels like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and going no further. There are some times that the heavens are silent. She endures the silence of God. I believe that in the silence is when our faith can rise. In, our, in the silence of God, we either give up or our faith rises to the next level. When God is silent, we either, you know, there's, there's nothing to this, and you walk away. Or you get an upload or upgrade. Pastor Ray Brewer talked about it this past week. It was one of the best messages I've ever heard in my life. It's on the podcast. You can listen to it. He talked about, it was a Microsoft 1.0, the first one that came out, and then you get an upgrade. Well, sometimes in the silence of God, our faith gets an upgrade, and we move up to the next level. Because Jesus was observing how this woman was going to handle this. Jesus isn't mean. You know, when, when you have great obstacles, that's when great faith can arise. If you never had any obstacles, then you wouldn't have to have great faith. If you had no obstacles in your life, then you wouldn't have to have faith. If you're going through a hard time, it's opportunity for your faith to become strong. It's opportunity for your faith to become great. I don't want to be a good guy. I don't want to be a good man. I want to be a great man for God. Amen? Amen. In the silence of God, our faith can rise. It will either shrink or it will rise in the silence of God. Amen. In the silence, we're forced to press, press in. In the silence, we're forced to push past. In the silence of heaven, we make a choice. Do I walk by faith or do I walk by sight? Do I walk by what I know to be true, what I believe to be true about God, that God is good? Do I believe that or do I walk by what I see? Scripture tells us we walk by faith, not by what we see. And that's hard to do sometimes. That's hard to have faith sometimes when we're going through a hard time or when we're struggling. But that's how we're called to walk. And in the silence of God, let your faith arise. Sometimes we'll go through times and it'll feel like heaven's not just silent, but it's asleep. God, where are you? Why am I going through this? Let your faith rise even in the silence. Amen. And even in the silence of God, she presses past. She, kept, she keeps going. She's like, I'm not giving up. God, God just kept walking. God's not talking. God's not even looking at me. I'm going to bug his disciples. I'm going to bug the church. I'm going to keep going up for prayer. 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 I'm going to keep going up for prayer until God shows up. Until God shows up, I'm going to keep asking. Because that will take great faith. It'll take great faith to no matter what your health is to keep asking God. It'll take great faith no matter what situation your kids are in to keep asking God. No matter how much you've asked. No matter how much you've prayed. It will take great faith. Amen. Amen. Just a little side point here. Uh, don't be like the disciples here. Don't be an obstacle to Jesus. 
Don't be an obstacle to Jesus. You're not his bodyguard. You're not his lawyer, as Bob Goff says. Quit trying to be God's lawyer and just love people. Quit trying to be God's lawyer and say, ah, you know, we'd let you come, but uh, you don't do this right. You wear hoodies and jeans to church. (laughs) We'd let you come, but we don't like your lifestyle. You're not God's lawyer. Don't be an obstacle to somebody trying to come to God. If somebody comes to you and is trying to get to God, right this way. I will take you to Jesus. And if he wants to change you, he will change you. But I'm not, that's not my job. You're not God's lawyer, so quit acting like it. You're not, quit being an obstacle to Jesus. I'm not saying you are, but don't be. Don't be an obstacle to Jesus. Don't say, Lord, just send them away. You ever prayed that? I've never prayed it over anybody in this room. Because they're not here because God answered the prayers. No, I'm just kidding. That's a horrible joke. They're watching on Facebook Live now. Or they were. Jesus, so, th- so then she keeps praying, she keeps pressing, and then she finally, gets an, she finally gets a word from God. She finally, oh, he's going to speak. He's turning towards me. My daughter is finally, and then he's like, eh, I'm not called to you. I'm not feeling it. It's not the right time. Maybe later. I mean, that's what he says. I'm not called to, I'm called to the lost children of Israel. It's not fit to throw bread to dogs. That's a harsh statement from Jesus. That's harsh. Have you ever got a hard no from God? Like, not a gentle no. You know, we, we try to tell our kids sometimes gently, well, maybe later. Or, uh, you know, we try to put off the confrontation. Like, oh, and sometimes I say, no. Mm-mm. She's getting a pretty hard no from, from God right here. I read one commentary that said that they believe that, that Jesus is telling her a parable. He's beginning a parable when he says the uh, children's bread. We, don't, we can't cast the children's bread to the dogs. That he's actually beginning a parable. He's like, it's not fit to, to cast the children's bread to the dogs. But she finishes the parable. She's the only one, if this is true, she's the only one in Scripture that ever gets to finish a parable for Jesus. She says, because Jesus says, it's not fit to cast the children's bread before dogs. And she says, yes, it is. Because even the dogs eat crumbs. Jesus lets her finish the parable. And then he tells her, you've got good faith. This woman turns the head of God. I mean, we're talking about God who, who, who with one hand measures the oceans in Isaiah. <laughs> the oceans. You ever been to the ocean? I have. I got drug out one time. <laughs> Sally thought it'd be a good idea at midnight to go out and swimming. And I was like, come back, come back. I was scared. <laughs> 
But the oceans are huge. Last time we were there, we were just high enough in our balcony that we could see all the aquatic life. <laughs> Made us not want to go back in the water. We saw a hammerhead shark eat a uh, stingray. People from the balcony are yelling, shark, shark. Anyway, I don't know where that came from. But, but God, Isaiah tells us, God measured the water with his hands. Measured the waters with his hands. He counts the hair on your head. I mean, this is a God that is not easily impressed, is what I'm trying to get to. And this woman makes him turn his head like, what did you just say? Did you just finish that parable? I mean, I'm interpreting it for you. This is not... You have great faith. This woman would not give up. She just pressed in. She pressed in. She pressed in. I'm not stopping. I don't care what it looks like. I will not stop. I don't care what heaven seems to say. I don't care who tries to send me away. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep asking. She was desperate. You can hear her desperation. We already talked about how she's like, Lord, help me. Well, she, she was insistent. She was desperate. Can you hear her desperation? Can you see her? Can you relate to her? I love what she prays. Lord, help me. We already talked about that. This woman, this woman had many places to give up in this story. From the very first time we're introduced to her, we're not giving her name. We're introduced to her. She comes, she's like, she pleads her case. She gives her prayer request and Jesus just keeps walking. She gives her prayer request and it says they left. She came up at prayer time and like everybody walked off. What if that, what if that happened to you? <laughs> what if you came up and like, hey, this is going on and, this, and Pastor Walker just looked at you like, <laughs> and walked off. And then like, no, no, wait, wait, I've got a prayer request. <laughs> He's like, it's not time. Besides, I'm here to pray for these people, not you. How would you respond? <laughs> I mean, Pastor Walker would undergo some discipline, of course. But <laughs> Most of us would give up. And this, is, this isn't just Pastor Walker. She's, this is God himself. And she refused to give up. I don't know what you faced. I don't know what circumstances you're going through. I don't know, the, you know how wayward your children are. I don't know how diseased your body is. I don't know how addicted you are to things. But don't give up. The people you're praying for, I don't know how lost they are. I don't know how bound they are. But don't give up. Keep on going. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Amen? Amen. Jesus wouldn't even give her an answer. The disciples wanted to send her away. She finally hears from God, and it's a big, fat no. Then she begs, and it's an even bigger no. But her faith forces God's hand. Think about that. Her faith forced the hand of God. Jesus said to her, it's not time. 
I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm called to the house of Israel first. And then once they properly reject me, then the gospel will be opened up. He's like, it's not time. Her faith moved God's hand. Her faith pushed God out of his comfort zone. That's astounding. That is astounding. There is power in the prayer, God, help me. There is power in the faith that says, I won't give up. There is power in the determination that says, no matter what happens, I'm not giving up. I don't care if I'm in a hospital bed. I don't care if <laughs> whatever. I'm not giving up. That kind of faith will move the hand of God. That kind of faith will force the hand of God. That kind of faith will cause Jesus to stop and say, that's faith. He said it two times. He said it to her, and then he said it to the centurion leader who said, hey, you don't even have to come to my house. He's like, you just speak the word, and my daughter will be healed. And Jesus is like, I've not seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. He honors, honors his faith, and he honors this woman's faith. This woman's faith pushed the hand of God. It turned the, it turned the head of God to force the hand of God. We're talking about God here who's seen everything, done everything, known everyone who's ever lived. And he, of two people, says, of her, he only said of two people, whoa, that was messed up, sorry. He only said of two people, you have great faith. And she's one of them. Without great trials, there can't be great faith. Think about that. Without great trials, well, why am I going through such a hard time? Your faith can be built. God does not cause bad things to happen to you. Please don't think that that's what I'm saying. But in those circumstances, in those moments, will determine your faith. What kind of faith comes out of you? Do you shrink and run or does your faith build and say, I don't care what the circumstances is. I don't care what you say or what. God, I'm not giving up. Out of great trials will come great faith if we trust, if we keep asking. Amen. Amen. Keep believing through every roadblock, mama. Keep believing even when they say there's no hope. Keep believing even when they say God won't do that. Keep believing even when God seems to say no. Don't give up. Press on. Press on. Don't give up. Jesus, save my daughter. Jesus, heal my daughter. Jesus, intervene in this circumstance. Jesus, whatever I need. Let's, I'd just like for all of us to bow our heads for just a moment, and we're, gonna, we're just going to pray for a moment before we honor the moms. My faith was built this week. I heard testimonies of God's healing power, of God's miraculous hand, of God's healing power of, of circumstances that people have just given up on. I challenge you today to not give up. Those things, there are things in our lives that we have just told ourselves, well, God's not going to do that. God's not going to heal me of that. God's not going to heal my kids of that. God's, God's not going to change this situation. That's just the way they are. Don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie. Keep pressing in. Keep having faith. So I would just like for these next...